following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. This is Casey's Take on Sports. Casey covers high school sports for the Dixon Post and Cheatham County Exchange. Now, a man who always has a take, here's Casey Patrick. How are y'all doing? Good morning. Uh, I hope everybody's doing great out there. Um, you know, today, this week, we're, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to get into Jawan Howard, that whole mess. Uh, we're going to talk about the Titans might build a new stadium. I, I think they're going to need to regardless at some point. We're, we're going to talk about that as well. Um, third thing we're going to go over today, the Vols opening series, their opening season sweep over Georgia Southern. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get a little bit of college baseball in there. And then y'all know how it is. The uh, fourth take, we're going to end it with some high school sports. So y'all stay right here. That's what we're going to go over today. Stay right here. We're going we're to discuss some things. All right. Um, so, like I said in that little intro right there, we're. Um, I I want to talk about I want to talk about Jawan Howard. Um, first of all, the first thing that I think needs to be said here is uh, I I don't like the fact that there are a lot of people that are taking one side over the other. Um, I think in most situations. And when I say most, I mean like 98% of situations. When you have two grown men or a group of grown men and there's a conflict between them, um, very rarely is it just one person's fault. And I think way too many people are trying to blame either Jawan or Coach Guard. Um, I, I think there's probably a lot of blame to go around for everybody there. Um, and this was... Uh, one of the one of the people that I, that we work with that I'm friends with, uh, Mo Patton, um, he he put up he put up a a Facebook status that, uh, of what he thought about the situation, and then somebody and and I don't know who it was, um, but somebody and this was a great question. Somebody said, um, "How would you report on it?" And me me and Mo both had the same reaction. That's a hell of a question because it is, and um, I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly how I would report it until I get to that moment. But I do feel like there's just way too much blame being thrown around at one side, regardless of what side it is or what side you agree with or what side you want to take. You have two grown men that had an issue that resulted in a bigger issue. And very rarely, and and in this case is the same thing, is it just one person's fault? I think there's plenty of blame to go around everywhere. Uh, first of all, and this is this is what I posted. This was my comment on Mo's Facebook status. I said, um, I said, I don't like people putting their hands on me. I, I'm not going to let anybody put their hands on me. And that's what Guard did. If Guard just, I mean, Jawan was mad, and Jawan's probably mad because he's a sore loser, right? I mean, that that's he got he got his teeth kicked in by Wisconsin. That's why he's mad. He can say it was the timeout 
out, but that's crap. He's mad because they got smashed. And so he's trying to get through the handshake line. And if guard just lets him walk through and do his barking, that's fine. But guard stopped him, put his hands on him. I don't like people putting their hands on me either. I, I would react in a way that, and again, this is what I posted on, May, on most Facebook. I said, I would probably misbehave because I, I would, I don't know if I would do the same thing Jawan did. I don't really know what I would do in that situation, but I know I don't like people touching me and I know I'm not going to let somebody, some random dude touch me and what I like grab me by the arm and push me back. Like he did with Jawan. He, he stopped Jawan from going through the rest of the handshake line. If guard just lets him go through, there's no problem. Jawan's going to bark and gripe because he's mad. He's, he's mad because he got beat. And if guard just lets him walk through, none of it ever happens. None of it ever happens. Now, the reason why Jawan is barking in the first place is this is what he said afterwards. He said that he didn't like the fact that Coach Guard in Wisconsin took the t- took the timeout late in the game. <clears throat> the reason why he took a timeout is because there was like I think Guard said there were like four seconds left for him to get the ball across half court, and he had backups in, and Jawan Howard was pressing late in the game. Juwan, if you want the game over, don't press. Let them get across half court. It's a bunch of backups that aren't on scholarship that are just going to dribble around. If if they're if, if they don't have to, they're not going to shoot. If you want the game over, don't press. He doesn't call timeout. Everybody goes home. No big deal. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of blame to go around. Juwan's just mad. Um, guard doesn't need to put himself out. He doesn't need to do that. He doesn't need to put his hands on people. I don't blame him for taking the timeout. If I, if I'm guard and I was sitting there talking to a um, White House Heritage uh, girls coach um, and, and uh, the girls basketball coach, and we were sitting there and we were talking about the situation and what had happened. And I told him, I said, Coach, I I'm not. I would do the same thing guard did in that situation on the court. Right, I would take a timeout. I looked at him and said, "You would take a timeout." You know why? Because both of us have a brain. You've got backups in there that are trying to get the ball across half court, and the other guy's pressing. You don't want to put your guys in that type of situation, especially backups that don't get to see the court very often against five-star or four-star Michigan starters. Yeah, take a timeout. So, if Jawan doesn't, if Jawan doesn't want him to use a timeout, then don't don't come after him. Don't don't press him like that. Uh, that there's there's a whole lot of blame to go around, and quite honestly, it, it kind of aggravates me that uh, you know either one or the other side gets it. Uh, I, I don't know why. It seems like in every conflict or every issue, people have to take sides. Where um, you know, I, I feel like you should be able just to stand here and say, "Hey, both of you are being child- childish. Stop acting like children. You know, put your big boy pants on, and let's get through this." Um, I feel like that happens way too much in, in a lot of different issues. Uh, conflict happens all the time. It happens everywhere between everybody. It's not something that you can avoid, which is okay. That's fine. Now, I understand that people have issues, and that that happens. I, I don't have an issue with that. But let's learn to kind of deal with it a little bit better. That would be my thing to Coach Guard and Coach Jawan Howard. Neither one of them were perfect. Stop acting like it. They both made mistakes. It's okay to point fingers at both of them and tell them both to act, be better role models as head coaches for their program. Um, I had to get that off my chest. I had to get that off my chest. I, 
if I was Wisconsin or Michigan, I'd be mad at my head coach regardless. And let's stop blaming one guy instead of both. Uh, but we're going to go ahead. We're going to uh, – ooh, Titans, new stadium. I'm ready to talk about that. That's coming up. Stay right here. That's the next take. Um, so this was in the news, I want to say last week sometime. <coughs> you have to forgive me. I've got that weird winter cold thing. Um, but this was in the news last week. Uh, Titans are, are open to a new stadium. The city's open to a new stadium. Now, I don't know all the ins and outs of a deal. I, I don't, I don't know where the city and the team is at. I, I don't. I don't know it down to uh, – don't ask me all those questions. Now, I will tell you what I think about a new stadium. Um, first of all, Nissan, LP Field, Coliseum, whatever you want to call it, that's been my home away from home for a very long time now, over 20 years. And I spent a lot of money and I spent a lot of time in that stadium. Now – there is a part of me. There is a part of me that absolutely loves old school. You know, the open air, uh, no dome. I, I like that. I really do. Personally, I do. I, I like. I like when it rains a little bit. I like when it snows a little bit. I remember. I remember being in the stands for a Week 14 matchup. I think we had two wins. I think we were like two and 12. And I'm going to say we because I spent a lot of money on that team. I feel like I may have paid a little bit of somebody's contract. But I want to say we were like two and 12. And we were playing the Andrew Luck led Indianapolis Colts. And at the time, I was working for Beeman Ford. I was selling cars. And they were doing a giveaway. Somebody that sold the most cars in a, in a, in a week, they got the tickets that weekend to the, to the game. And of course, Beeman, and he and he got money, and he and he knows he knows people. So, I think we were like seven rows from, like the forty five yard line, seven rows up on the in the bottom bowl. It was the greatest seats I've ever had, but I'm pretty sure it was forty one degrees, and it was sleeting. It was nasty. It was awful, and it was the most fun I've ever had at a football game. Uh, we got our teeth absolutely kicked in. Andrew Luck always did that. I think they were up like. 21 or 24 to three at half or something. Um, but I've always really enjoyed being able to play in the open air. I, I like the fact that Tennessee never had a dome. Now here, do I want the Tennessee Titans to build a dome for the next stadium? Absolutely. 100% do I want a dome? Yes. You know why? Because then we can host, they can host all kinds of other stuff. Uh, I mean, you might mess around and get a Final Four. Nashville's growing. So, I mean, you've got an opportunity. I mean, that place, whatever this stadium would be, it could host concerts. It could host – I mean, they had a they had a NASCAR race at the L.A. Coliseum the other day. Now, I don't think you could do that in an indoor stadium, not until NASCAR starts using electric cars. But um, the, the ability for new activities and, and new – stuff especially concerts um i mean i that would be so dope i i would love that um but i I think i think every stadium 
being built from here on out is going to be either a dome or at least have a roof that can open or not. Um, <clears throat> I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what they do. Now, I, I think, obviously, at some point, they're going to build a new stadium. I, I don't know when, and it may not be exactly now, um, but at some point, um, if if the Titans do stay in Middle Tennessee, they're going to have to build a new stadium. And I really hope that it's a big shiny dome. And and it and it, I, I don't care. I, I was talking to my cousin, and he said uh, he said he had read something where they said it might look a lot like it, the Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta. I believe that's what it's called. Um. And he was like, that's cool. I'd like that. And I was like, man, I, I don't care if that thing looks like a pinto bean. Just build it. Make it big enough to put a lot of crap in. And and let's, you know, you could host a Final Four. You could host a national, like a college football national championship game. I'm a Tennessee volunteer fan, so I probably wouldn't be there for it. But you would get to host a national championship football game. Um, the, the final fours is, is, I know I've said that probably this is the fourth time I've said that now, but that, I mean, I think that's a huge event that you could bring, which Bridgestone can do that too. But I, I like the idea of, of having a dome. I like the idea of all the new fun stuff that we could do with it. Um, I, I think this is a positive thing for the city, for the team. I think it could be really, really cool. And I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I, I really want to see what happens here. I don't care if it's futuristic. I, I don't need a dome from the Jetsons. It, it, like I said, it can look like a pinto bean. I, I do not care. Um, but I, I do want a new stadium, and I do want a dome, even though I love I love fresh air. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But we need a dome. So, um, hey, keep your audience fan. I mean, forget that. If, if you care at all about anything that happens around this area, you may not even be a sports fan. I don't know why you're watching this podcast or listening to it, but you may not even be a sports fan. But if you're a, I don't know, Rolling Stones fan, maybe they come back through. I mean, I know they they come to Nashville anyway, but I, I think this dome could give us an opportunity to have a lot of different things here in Nashville, uh, which Nashville's going to try and do anyway because they keep growing. Um, but, but keep your eyes peeled for that. I know Main Street Media is going to have um, info on it. As soon as anybody else has it, we're going to have it, and we're we're going to make sure you guys know exactly what's going on with the Titans, uh, with their stadium. <clears throat> I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see where this goes. But um, enough with that. Now we're going to move on to some Tennessee Vols baseball uh, opening opening season sweep. So so stay right here. We're going to talk some college baseball. I think, uh, personally, I believe there are two main um, storylines to this opening series sweep. Um, the first one for me is offense. Uh, the, the Tennessee Vols offense, there's uh, doesn't seem to be a whole lot of holes in it. Uh, scored nine runs the first game, ten runs the second game, and 14 the third. If you average 11 runs a game, you should never lose a baseball game. As long as you have anybody with enough physical ability to throw the ball over the plate and anybody that can play defense, you should win if you score 11 runs a game. 
and that's exactly what the Vols did. The 3-0 against Georgia Southern this weekend, which is great. I got to see a little bit of it. Hey, it's district basketball time right now in this area. I um, I was lucky to get any sleep uh, <laughs> over, over the past few days, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm running on fumes right now. We've got uh, district championship stuff happening uh, tonight, last night, tomorrow night, the night after, the night before that, every every night. Uh, it's just basketball somewhere, something's going on. Um, so it's been hard to keep up with some of the other things going on in the sports world. But Vols baseball opened up with nine and a win. Uh, gave two ten and three, uh, ten to three, and then of course the sweep fourteen uh, zero in the final game. Um, now the other storyline that I want to talk about, just just for this first series, um, the uh, the Chase Dolander, I, I think that Dolan Dolander Dolander, I don't know how they pronounce his name, but um, the kid was from Georgia Southern. Uh, he, he got to pitch against his old team. <clears throat> I got something stuck in my throat. I hate coughing, especially right now because everybody thinks you got to play if you cough. Um, but, uh, Chase Dollander, I think his first name is Chase. I, I gotta get more sleep, but anyway, he came from Georgia Southern to Tennessee. Um, the kid had like 11 K's. He, he ever, he, he averaged over two strikeouts per inning. And, and I know he, he drew a, a few comparisons to, to Jacob DeGrom. Um, if you put them side by side, it kind of looks the same, which is fine. I mean, if, if you're going to emulate somebody, it should definitely be Jacob DeGrom, especially if you're on a mound. I mean, if you're even if you're in the batter's box, Jacob DeGrom swings a pretty good bat too. Um, but if you're a Tennessee Vol fan and people, anybody is comparing a current pitcher you have to Jacob DeGrom, you should be very happy, uh, which I am. Um. Dollander was nasty. I mean, he's got he's got the the wipeout slider. He throws mid to high nineties. Uh, it, it seems like people just come out of the woodwork now and they can throw ninety plus. Um, I, I've been I've been seeing this thing lately on Facebook. It says uh, it's got a picture of Greg Maddox, and he says, "Don't worry about stealing my sign. I'll tell you what I'm throwing. It's an eighty nine mile an hour sinker, and you're not going to swing at it anyway." Which is great. I mean, that's a hilarious meme or photo or whatever you going to call it. <clears throat> but at the same time, now everybody throws ninety-five plus, especially in the majors. Now, college baseball, not not as not so much, but the arms are still getting stronger in college baseball too. It's crazy how everybody everywhere can throw so hard. And I thought I could throw hard. I think the fastest I was ever clocked was like 86, 88 miles an hour, somewhere in there. And I had no idea where the ball was going. I threw as absolutely hard as I could. I barely threw 86 miles an hour, and I threw as absolutely hard as I could. And I was I was uh, like a weapon of mass destruction on the mound. I hit people, and not like not on purpose. Like I didn't, I didn't mean to hit people. I hit my best friend twice in the same game. He didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it was funny. I laugh about it now. But he was a good friend of mine then, he, and he just so happened to be in the batter's box, and I threw the thing as hard as I could. And I never threw very hard. And now you've got people – I mean, Dollander, I think he hit 98 the other day on the gun, 98. I mean, my car would fall apart if I went 98 miles an hour in it. I mean, it's, 
that's crazy. The the Dollander thing that was that was the second storyline for me. Him kind of going back, pitching against his old team. I think he did good. And that offense, it was nasty. And and I know a lot of people said they may have Tennessee ranked as high as number three in, in the new poll. I, that's a little goofy to me, which I don't care. I rate them first, last. I don't care. Uh, they're fun to watch. Vitello's a great coach. They got talent. They're going to be fun to watch this year. Keep your eyes out for the Tennessee Volunteer Baseball Team. Uh, plus, they're they're a bunch of punks. I I, I like watching them because they make everybody mad. They're just like me. If I was a twenty year old kid in, in college, I, I would fit right in with that group because I I used to love make people mad. Um, but that that's all I got for Vols. And uh, you know, we're gonna go on to the fourth take. We're gonna talk a little high school sports. It's big right now, so stay right here. Uh, first of all, we got, uh, I, I think I cover four different districts for basketball. Um, and then, of course, region basketballs later this week. Uh, the only teams that I cover that I know are out are the Sycamore Boys and the Harpeth Girls. Everybody else is still playing. Um, Creekwoods, Creekwoods Girls uh, won, a nas- or won a national, won a district championship Monday night. Um, Sycamore girls and Harpeth men were in the consolation game Monday night. Uh, Dixon boys and Dixon girls were travel to uh, one of the Clarksville schools for region play later this week. Uh, neither one of them, neither one of them, made it to the uh, district finals. Um, and Tuesday night it will be Cheatham boys and Cheatham girls. <clears throat> in the uh, district championship for their district. Um, the Cheatham girls take on White House Heritage, and the Cheatham boys take on who? I forgot. I, a Fairview. That's right. Okay. Um, I'm running. I, I'm forgetting things. There, there's so many, There's so much stuff going on. I can't, I can't keep up with all of it. Ooh, by the way, I'm wearing my World Series champions, Atlanta Braves. And you can tell it's an Atlanta A because the Alabama A has a mullet on it. Okay? At the top, it's got a little mullet. That's how you can tell it's an Alabama A. This is an Atlanta A. Please don't get them mixed up. That is one of my pet peeves. I know people laugh. You may be watching this. You may be thinking, that's funny. Ha ha, I'm not making a joke. I'm being very serious right now. The Atlanta A does not have a mullet. (laughs) Back to high school sports. Um, a lot of district stuff going on. Um, if, if you're in the district championship game, you will host the first round of region. Um, if you win the district championship game, then you will play the lowest seed, uh, from the other district. Speaking of that, Sycamore girls defeated Fairview girls Monday night. So that means that was the consolation game. So that means Fairview is going to face Loretta, Loretto, Loretta, whatever you want to call it. They're really good. They're really, really good. Um, the Ryan Weathers kid that pitches for the Padres, his little sister's on that team. Um, they're nutty. They've got athleticism. They've got size. They're very good. They're one of the best teams in uh, 2A in the uh, state. And they have to play Fairview, who had trouble scoring the other night. So that's going to be a tough battle for the Lady Yellow Jackets. Um, Sycamore is going to get Summertown. Uh, Summertown was in the state tournament last year. They gave Loretta a good run uh, Monday night. So 
going to be a really tough game for Sycamore. But if anybody's built to win that game, <coughs> it's Sycamore. Uh, they're long, athletic. Um, they play really hard on defense. <coughs> Sorry, I can't stop coughing. But um, but their offense, the the Sycamore offense for the for the Lady War Eagles, sometimes is a little stagnant. Uh, if they figure out how to score and score consistently, I'm pretty sure they can beat just about anybody they want to um, because they do play hard on defense. Uh, Cheatham girls, uh, that's just that's a winning program. They've got uh, they got kids that um, they have three players. They're three seniors this year. The three players left over from the state championship team: um, Lexis Cook, Ansley Pfeffer, and Harper D. Uh, those girls know how to win. Um, they're athletic. Um, they they make they play hard. Um, that's just kind of how Cheatham does things. It's it's not. It's it's the most football version of basketball that you can imagine. They're going to outwork you. They're going to beat you up front. Uh, that's what they're going to do. They're just going to they're going to frustrate you. They're not. Cheatham's not one of those teams that just stands around a three point line and and you know throws haymakers all all night long. They're going to get the ball down inside. They're going to pass the ball well. They're going to try to make layups. They're going to try to get to the free throw line. They're going to play really, really good defense. They're going to play really, really hard. Um, and that is a winning formula. Um, so the Cheatham boys, they've got two of my favorite players to watch in the whole district, uh, Maverick Lee, Tucker Carter, both. Um, Maverick Lee can absolutely throw down. The kid's long and lanky, and and um, he's got some pretty good hops on him. He dunked on uh, – the Groves kid from East Robertson a, a week ago. That was pretty nutty. I enjoyed watching that. Um, and then he dunked again like five minutes later. Uh, Tucker Carter is is one of the streakiest scorers in, in their district. If he gets hot, he goes off. Um, let's see. The Harpeth boys played Monday night. They, they played against Heritage. They were able to beat Heritage. So that means that Harpeth will play the – Two seed, yes, and then Heritage will play the one seed out of the Summertown Loretta Men's District, which I think is the same matchup. Um, over on the girl, uh, over on the Dixon side, um, Dixon didn't. Uh, Dixon had to. They had to play Henry County uh, for senior night, which I was at that, and then they had to play Henry County, both boys and girls, for the first round of district. Uh, didn't have much luck with that. Um, Henry County is really good. Um, but th- they will move on to region. They're going to get a tough uh, matchup in seeding. They don't, I, last time I talked to Coach Webb, she didn't know who they were facing, so uh, they probably know now. <laughs> I need to text her and figure out what's going on. Um, but Creekwood, uh, the girls won the uh, district championship. They beat White House 66-36, to 36, I think. Uh, Brianna Burgess had 30 points. She does that. Um, she, she scores a lot. She can score whenever she wants. Um, one of the very few put it on the deck and go get them type uh, type players. Uh, she's really fun to watch when she is on like that. And, they, and of course, Laura Nichols is, is another piece of that team that's really good. Uh, Blaine Keller is is my guy from Robertson County, and and he covered a game with Creekwood earlier, and he wrote about a two headed monster between them two and. He's right, you know, those two are nasty. But out there in Charlotte, they just keep – I mean, it's like they're growing on trees out there. They're like, oh, hey, we got another girls basketball player. Their middle school team's really good. They've got six freshmen that would start on a lot of teams right now, I think. 
Um, I know they have two freshmen that start. They've got another two or three of them that come off the bench. Um, Creekwood's good, and they're not. Their girls are not going anywhere soon. Um, the boys, however, the boys had a pretty tough matchup with Portland the other night. Uh, that was the two-three matchup, I want to say, in district. That was the two-three matchup, and uh, man, Portland was able to just hold them off in double overtime. That was a nutty game. That was really fun to be at last week. Um, so Creekwood's going to play in the consolation game. That's going to be Tuesday night. Uh, ooh, state wrestling, state wrestling. Uh, Dixon County sent four wrestlers. Dixon County's got four wrestlers heading to state, two girls, two men. Uh, Creekwood has two wrestlers heading to state. Uh, I want to say Michael Cisco and Ari Anderson. Ari Anderson's going back for her fourth trip in four years to the TWSAA state tournament. <coughs> One of the best, uh, most highly decorated um, women's wrestlers in Creekwood history. Um, she's she's been there every year, and uh, she's looking to take home first place this year, which would be good for her. Uh, I know Sycamore. I think Sycamore sent like eight, maybe nine wrestlers to state. Uh, Coach Steve Hamlin out there. He he runs a you know pretty tight ship. Uh, they continue to churn out more talent, kids that that go out there and kick butt week in and week out. Uh, I want to say Cheatham's got. I want to say maybe it was Harpeth that had six, and Cheatham has five wrestlers they're sending to state. I can't remember all the names off the top of my head, um, but definitely uh, it's it's in the paper. It's in the paper. So if if you're in Cheatham, read the Cheatham County Exchange. If you're in Dixon, read the Dixon Post. Yeah, it'll it'll have all the names of all the kids that that qualified for their state tournament. Um, but uh, man, baseball, softball, right around the corner. I can't wait. I'm ready for it. I hope you guys are too. Uh, maybe it'll warm up outside and it'll dry up. We can get some baseball games in for too long. Uh, but uh, that's been Casey's take. All four takes today. Pretty good show. Hey, y'all make sure y'all hit me up on Twitter at CVP51. You don't have to follow me. I don't care. But if you have something you want me to talk about, my DMs are open. My DMs are open. It's okay. You can slide in there. And, hey, if you got something you want me to talk, talk about, send it to me. I'll talk about it. But uh, thank you for checking out Casey's Take this week. Make sure you come back next week. Y'all have a wonderful evening. This has been Casey's Take on Sports. Follow Casey online at MainStreetPreps.com and at Twitter at CVP51. Casey covers sports for the Dixon Post and Cheatham County Exchange. Casey's Take on Sports is a production of Main Street Media.